the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Good morning again. I should have said hello. My name's John. Um, That's something I always forget to do. I'm the youth worker here, and it's my privilege to just talk to you for a little bit today about love, about the most exciting thing that we could ever talk about. Um... This is the last Sunday in Advent, and Advent is all about preparing, as we've already thought, um, and getting ready, and being excited, and all the different things that we have to do to get ready for Christmas. We're going to think about that today. But first, Emily really helpfully read um, from the Bible to us, and we're just going to read that again. Um, If you have a Bible nearby, you feel free to open it to Psalm 89. If you haven't got a Bible and you want to Google it, Google Psalm 89. Helpful. Psalm has a P at the start, so make sure you don't miss that one. If you would like a paper Bible, there's Bibles in the corner there. Roughly in the middle, you'll find Psalms. Big number 89. We're going to start at number one. So Psalm 89, we're just going to read the first eight verses together. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you've established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I've sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too, in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord, who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord Almighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. I wonder, um, in the getting ready, how good you are at getting ready. How, like, planny you are. I'm not, and then I got married, and I am now. Um, we, I married into a family that likes to know what Christmas is going to be in, like, October. We need to know who's going to be where. We need to know who's buying what, how, how it's being cooked, all of these things. My parents are moving down to Devon this year, which is very exciting. That obviously adds extra things that need to be planned and thought about. Oh, it's fun. But amidst all of this busyness, there is one very important thing to consider when it comes to Christmas. And that's the most important plan, I think, of all. And that is which Christmas movie you choose to watch when in the free time that you have. Because the Christmas movie is one of the most crucial parts of Christmas now. We don't care about Christmas number ones anymore because they're all rigged by Spotify playing last Christmas as soon as you say play Christmas music. What we care about is what really counts as the best Christmas movie. People get really passionate about this. People like, argue about like, what is the best. People argue about which movies don't even count as Christmas movies. Looking at you, the holiday, it's not a Christmas movie. Um, But the thing that we all love about Christmas movies, I think, is they have wonderful happy endings. No matter which Christmas movie we watch, it leaves you this glow and this buzz because it's all lovely and wonderful and happy. It might be that finally everyone got reunited and and, and the, the, the saga is over. It might be that the mean, horrible, grumpy person has this big, quite literal change of heart. It might be that despite everyone having no money at all or being really ill, they can still come together and celebrate Christmas. It might be that maybe it's just knowing what the true meaning of Christmas is. It's about family. It's about knowing what you've got and appreciating it and loving it. All of these different happy endings leave us with this fuzzy feeling. But, and, and I don't want to be miserable, but they're all rubbish. <laughs> Like, genuinely, it it doesn't happen. 
like families don't get on at Christmas. They don't all suddenly realise that family's what matters. Sad, lonely, hurt people don't change from being sad, lonely, hurt people on December 25th. People that are poorly, people that don't have enough to eat, generally still don't have enough to eat and are still poorly on December 25th. And even when reality does come, so like this, son, uh, this year we've seen the story of Alex Batty. He's a guy who's been out home alone almost for four years, coming home, reuniting with his family. And still that story goes, it's just a bit complicated. It's messy. It's confusing. It's, it's real. And it lacks. And Hollywood tells us that Christmas is fuzzy and lovely and wonderful and happy. And reality says, not necessarily. We're going to get happier, I promise. <laughs> because there's a missing ingredient in all of these. And that's what we've been thinking about today. Our missing ingredient is love. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Now, in some of these situations, there will be love. But we've already heard today what love isn't. Or how love can be perceived differently by different people. I think love is, is, is <laughs> very complicated. <laughs> but the love I want to talk to you about today is the best love the purest, most impactful love that you, me, or anyone else could ever experience. Let, let me explain it this way. Okay, This love is the difference between seeing an amazing band performing live and seeing the cover version band nearby. Also, imagine being Jason Orange and fake that, man. Um, this love is about going to the Louvre and seeing the Mona Lisa or typing into an AI bot, can you make me Mona Lisa and seeing what comes out. Not quite the same. This love is... Oh, my clicker. This love is like getting Mary Berry to make you a Christmas cake or getting me to make you a Christmas cake. <laughs> it's, love is at its best when it's found in the one who made it, who created it. And Psalm 89's already told us a lot about that. Brace yourself for the fastest 5.7 you will ever get in your life. Point, ooh, careful. <laughs> We're going to be in Psalm 89. Point one, love comes from God, okay? It's from God. God is love. Everything he does is love. One of the most uh, like spicy takes that I like telling people is that God is an omni- uh, omnipotent. God is monopotent. God can only do one thing, and that one thing is love. Everything he does is love. If we're not sure how to act, he shows us the way to act lovingly. Verse 2 tells us that his, this love never runs out. Hate getting to January, and you go into the shops, and no one sells a chocolate log anymore. It's disappointing, it's sad, Christmas runs out. God's love never runs out. It's always there. Why? Because his love is reliable. We can trust it. It's, 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 <laughs> verse 3 says his faithfulness is eternal. It goes on forever. And it's so reliable that God has made a promise. He's made a covenant. Covenant is a really posh word that means a promise that is like sealed in, in the most serious terms that you could possibly seal a promise in. And God has made that promise to us that he will always love us. This love also comes with blessings. Now, you might think of a blessing as like a nice thing that happens, like a little treat, or maybe it's what you say when someone sneezes, or it's just like a little, oh, be blessed sort of thing, and it's quite little. And, and you know. In the Bible, it really only means one thing. If you are blessed, you can say that you know who God is, that you can receive his love and stand in his presence. Being blessed by God is like a spiritual hug that draws you in, holds you secure, and then sets you free from the other stuff that hurts you in your life. 
That's what God's love does. It blesses us. And finally, it changes people. Now, I've cheated here because I'm jumping all the way to the bottom of the psalm. We didn't read that. But here's the thing about that psalm. Psalms are interesting because they're songs, and they're songs about, about emotion and the heart. And if you read the whole of this psalm, after verse 8, it gets a bit dark. Um, it's a lot of misery, and it's a lot of grumpiness, and it's a lot of sadness. And the guy writing this psalm is saying over and over again, things used to be good. And now they are rubbish. Why are they so rubbish? Why do they hurt so much? Why are you letting this go on, God? This is terrible. And he's seeking this new king. He's like, the, the old king was so good and we have nothing now and it's terrible and awful. And, ah. and he gets to the end and the last like five or six verses, he's, he's in the depths of despair. He's tearing his heart out. And I feel like suddenly he remembers the start. He remembers those first eight verses that we read. And his heart transforms. And the last verse in, in Psalm 89 says, Praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. This guy can say, life is currently the worst. It is terrible, but praise be to the Lord forever and ever. God's love isn't just a love that makes us fuzzy and nice until the end of the film where we look outside the window. God's love changes us. It reminds us, and it makes us think and act differently. And you might go, John, that's lovely. That's a good bit of theology. Well done, you did a degree. But actually, this is real, and we know it's real because it's, it's found in how God sees his promises through. This, this promise that God made, sometimes I think God's promises can be quite hard to listen to because we see the world and we say it's broken and messy and complicated, and how does that make sense? But the secret of God's promises is that he didn't make them when the world was lovely and nice and shiny. He made them to real people in broken situations that were complicated and messy. So the promise that was made back then still holds today. And even better than that, it's been fulfilled. He's shown that it's, that it's true. And he's shown it in one very easy way. He's shown it with the best gift that you could possibly get at Christmas. He's shown it with Jesus. Oh, my clicker's not going to click. Okay. Um, Jesus is the ultimate gift of love. He is the perfect he has a perfect loving relationship with God, thank you. He loved those he met by offering them freedom, transformation, healing, hope, joy, and purpose. And why is it the best gift? Well, I don't know about you, but I quite enjoy presents at Christmas that aren't cheap, <laughs> that aren't like afterthoughts, that mean something. Maybe not because they cost loads of money, but because they had some thought into it and they mattered. This is why I'm wearing this Christmas, Christmas jumper, because it was my favorite Christmas present from last year. Because there's a lot of very niche thought that went into this about who I am as a person and why it was gifted to me. Well, what did this gift cost Jesus? Philippians 2, I'm not going to read that, but you can read it behind me. Philippians 2, 6 to 8 says that Jesus gave up everything. For him to give this love cost him everything. In a metaphysical, heavenly, cosmic way, he gave up everything. And in a really real, visceral, human way, he gave up everything. It cost him everything. He died a painful, shameful death so that he could give us this gift. Tomorrow's Christmas Day, and I'm sure all of us have a lot of emotions about that, a lot of complicated thoughts. Maybe we're just mad excited Maybe we're like, okay, I'm looking down the barrel of a long day. Maybe we're worrying about the little things and big things that, that we're losing all sorts of perspective over. 
But if we really want Christmas to make a difference, it's about the present. It's about the one big thing that we've been offered. And that's Jesus' love. It's powerful. It's constant. It's real. And it transforms us and those around us. It's valid in a broken, messy world because it was made, a promise was made to broken, messy people. And, and, and I just implore you, don't fall into the trap of thinking that tomorrow is about Christmas or that tomorrow is even about a little baby in a stable. Tomorrow is us remembering that perfect love is offered to us, that it came to transform the world and specifically, it is being offered to you on a personal level. That's mad. That's different. That's bigger. Tomorrow could be really important. Today could be really important for you. If you don't know who Jesus is yet, if you don't know his love, please, please investigate more. Please talk to me. Talk to someone else that you know who's a Christian. Ask someone to pray for you. Ask someone to tell you the difference that knowing Jesus' love has made in their lives. I'm going to pray and then we're going to carry on. Father God, thank you that you love us enough that you gave us Jesus, that you gave us the gift that costed everything and yet gives us everything. Thank you for your love and how it changes people. Amen.